two o'clock on a Wednesday. You know what that means. That means it's time to talk about God and stuff. On some call me Tim. Some call me Tim. Here at Meet Me Radio, I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I'm joined today by Murad Shockey. Howdy ho. Hi. You have a you have a non uh, Anglo-Saxon Christian Protestant name. That's true. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I my parents told me it's Turkish because I've never really oh. met any other Murads. It's not like a common name. Uh, and in Arabic, it means wished for. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's nice. But my dad's name is Hashem, and that means uh, destroyer of evil, which I, I think Hashem is a lot. Was God. No, it's well. He's Hashem. Uh, I, I think you might be thinking of Hebrew. Yeah, the Hebrew. There's a lot of really close um, words in Hebrew and Arabic, but I am not an expert on that. I know I speak song. English and I understand Egyptian Arabic. That's the limit of my. There's yeah. a song that goes. Uh, don't walk in front of me, I may not follow. Don't walk behind me, I may not lead. Just walk beside me and be my friend. And together we will walk in the path of Hashem. That's where Hashem comes I, in. I bet you there's a link there. I bet you there's a link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but you are... The, look it, deep into the eyes of Sparkle Jesus. Did, do you believe in Jesus? Uh, Sparkle Jesus does nothing for me except aesthetics. <laughs> okay. So you don't you don't well, have any Catholicism background? No Virgin Mary? No, no, no. I was raised Muslim. Things. Oh, uh, you were raised Muslim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Most of my family is uh, still pretty religious. Uh, my really? immediate, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I so kind of do deep, Ramadan still. Uh, I'll, I'll still do. It's been a while since I've done Ramadan because it's a fucking hard holiday. Um, but I, we still do Aid. Um, both of them. There's two Aids. Uh, there's one right after Ramadan, and then there's one like six months later on the lunar calendar. Uh, but uh, yeah, I deviated from the faith from like when it, probably by the time I hit the sixth grade because like. Um, my sister like blamed media's representation uh, for like why she got away from it because it was always associated with a lot of negativity. Ter- terrorism. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I, w- I was totally six- made that connection between terrorism and of course and and Muslims, which is horrible and xenophobic. But also like it, his, he, that the guy who orchestrated that attack had a really good plan and the plan worked. So like uh, like that his whole goal is what's happened now. So it, it fucking worked. Um, right. Uh, anyway, yeah. So I your was, sister blamed the large scale. Yeah, the negativity she always felt as because uh, to, to a degree, because like I'm not, I'm, I've been used to being like one of the only, being one of the only Muslims somebody knows, or being yeah. one of the only Arabs somebody knows. Sure. And there is like, and it's hard to blame them. Like I had a Japanese ex girlfriend, and I asked her about Japanese shit all the time. It's just something sure. humans do. Right, right, right. Um, so like it, it, after a while you feel like you're associated with negativity and that can be like draining that's not why I deviated though like um, for me it was a logic problem um, it was just like oh you're telling like so when I learned about um, Hajj uh, well we in Arabic di- Egyptian dialect it's Hag uh, but most people think uh, most people say Hajj um, that's when you go to uh uh, Mecca. Right, I was going to ask if you've ever done that. No, no, I haven't. It's something I would still do, even though I I, I don't consider myself religious, uh, just because you know it's part of the culture. And I, I heard about you. 
you, everyone has to get to Mecca and the thing is that everyone becomes an equal because you're all pilgrims yeah and whether you have money or not money you're still like sleeping on the side the of the road you have to wear the same clothes you have to shave your head like um, and, you, and you to get there you're sleeping on the side of the road there's no like don't quote me on the shave your head hotels. part yeah, yeah, yeah. there's I mean if you have millions and millions of people that are going to this one place and then what they you walk around in a circle yeah, yeah, around yeah. a big pillar it's a beautiful equalizer people think um uh Islam is a violent faith, and again, hard to blame people when stuff is represented the way it is. Um, but there's a lot, of, like, it's a very, there's a lot of brotherly, peaceful stuff about it. Oh. But but my the way I deviated from the faith is when I was learning about Hajj, uh, one of the walks you're supposed to do, you go between two spots. I forget what one of the spots was, but the other spot is supposedly where um, Muhammad meant uh, the angel Gabriel, mm. uh, who, you know, handed him like the Quran and, and right, stuff right, like right. just like yeah. Moses Moses was handed the tablets by yeah, God yeah. same kind of uh, yeah and for me it was like thing. so you're telling me this dude came down from this cave told him he met the angel Gabriel and we all just believed him like mm-hmm. we all just bought it uh, and that's like the only like uh, that's the only reason I, I deviated was because I was like like I never went full atheist it was just like I don't trust humanity to actually get this right. Well, uh, I mean, it's the same thing. Joseph Smith looked in a hat and said, "Oh, I have these golden rocks that are telling me from God that Mormonism is real." Uh-huh. And then you've got Jesus rose from the dead and saw everybody, and you have to believe. But supposedly that. he had, you know, like some miracles that people saw. One of the things about uh, Islam that I, I actually liked was that uh, his. Um, like we believe in Jesus, we just don't think he was a like a prophet or supernatural in any sure. way. Um, and, and Muhammad, the was same al- thing as the Jews, it's because it comes from the same. It's an Abrahamic religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Muhammad has always been very grounded in as much reality as a prophet can be. Like he's not sure. a superhero of any guy. kind. Yeah, he he was a dude. He was a great dude, but he was just a dude. Sure, um, he was a real dude too. Yes, to prove he really existed. Mm-hmm. Unlike Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh my god, my train of thought's way off. Oh, sorry, I I derailed you. So we're talking about Muhammad's a real guy. That's a great equalizer. You were oh yeah, about yeah, hedge. yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, it was that logic problem. I deviated. I never trust um, people to get it right when it comes to faith. But like, uh, I didn't really think about God ever. Like, I Mark Maron used to say his whole. Um, re- religious doctrine was uh, I don't know, so I don't care. Something like oh, it was sure, something sure. like that. Yeah, it's yeah. like no, 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 no was, don't like, care. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can't prove it. Doesn't matter. Yeah, and that was my attitude for a long time. And then you know, like the necessary hallucinogen experiences in mm. college and stuff uh, was like okay. Now like my whole faith can be summed up with like something's up. That's like my entire uh, uh, like <laughs> we get in the podcast sure. right here. Well, well, some, <laughs> some people have said. You know, I asked them, do you believe in a higher higher power? And actually, one of the most astute answers to that that I still subscribe to came from uh, disgraced comedian Keith D. And he said, of course, I believe in a higher power. Gravity. (laughs) Like, gravity is a thing that we can't understand. We can't say why it works. It's a higher power. I've thought about... um, Atmospheres. I had a friend who was much smarter than me in high school, uh, Forrest, if, if you're out there. Uh, I, uh, I can't, he, there, apparently there's a term associated with this, but for a long time I was like, God might be more, if we think of God as a, like this all-knowing 
brain with like an agenda that that's like running the universe with a human agenda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's um, like fuck. It might be easier. It's easier for me to conceptualize a god that's more like an engine. Like it's not. Oh, uh huh. It's uh just something that's moving. Like, like I think like linking God to closer to something like physics, like a black hole. Yeah, like like God's a black hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like infinite mass. Yeah, like compounded upon itself. Mm-hmm. It, like I don't know yeah mm-hmm. that's the other thing is I believe in higher powers because black holes exist mm-hmm. do they I mean we say theoretically we found them whatever like that's a higher power like how is it that all mass can be condensed into yeah no it's yeah uh I heard some crazy person say like God doesn't even know where God came from and I was like I kind of see it I kind of get it like like I don't know it's too I also like that Neil deGrasse Tyson quote of like the universe is under no obligation to make any sense to you. Ah. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to really or, feel. That's uh, like a good way to feel like refreshingly powerless. Like, like, like refre- well, exactly, yeah. refreshingly powerless because otherwise we seem to think that when I I enjoy the infinity of of higher power thought in that way because it makes me feel so insignificant that when I try to make things significant in my life it's like fuck you you are so insignificant mm-hmm. your problems are so the problem that you think you're having in the grand scheme of everything is really nothing it's like less than nothing yeah for me I have to like make myself uh, remember that the end goal not the end goal but at a primal level the end goal of existence is to keep existing. Oh. Uh, so if I have a problem, it's like, well, nobody like. So one of the things uh, that got me over the hump of finally being able to do stand up really regularly is that I had those horrendous, humiliating, uh, story worthy bombs that I had so feared going into it. Mm. And then I woke up the next morning and nobody had shot me in the head. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sure. Yeah. It was yeah. just like, Oh, okay. So I keep survive. I'm not in jail. I'm not I like, I, I didn't, a- I didn't make an enemy. I didn't like, yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that's how I contextualize my problems. But the, yeah. Hey, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't, but you don't go home and pray to Allah. Oh, I don't, don't. I don't pray to anybody. Did you? Did you ever do the four times a day with the little with the little um, mat and the? Oh, it's five times the, a day. It's yeah. five. Yes. Um, wow. What yeah. times? Uh, I can't name all of them, but there's because like Maghrib is in the evening, and uh, like so, it's like one is at like fucking 5 a.m. and then the other one's like at 10. Oh, I could other. never be well, a Muslim because I cannot be awake at 5 in the morning. If I, I couldn't believe in a God that would want me to be awake at 5 in the morning to pray. Well, no, but, but the, the the religion makes a lot more reasonable compromises than you'd expect. Like Hajj, you know how like everybody's supposed to do Hajj? Yeah. It also says in the Quran, if you're old or sick or like you won't be able to provide for your family, no sweat. No like, sweat. Like, um, Don't worry about it. And it, it's, I, I, from what I understand, this is my mother's interpretation because that's, you know, how I learned. Um, and from what I understand, um, some of that same logic applies to prayer. Like, like, oh. like get them in, but like, hey, life's life, you know? Like, sure. Yeah. Um, but then I guess a lot of people who are super religious do it because it makes them feel better about themselves. Like, if they are subscribing religiously subscribing to five prayers a day Mm -hmm. they're like I'm a good Muslim Mm -hmm. I am practicing Islam the right way I feel good about that have you ever been to the Middle East? no yeah (laughs) 
I've been uh, to, the farthest I've been is Greece. Okay, and that's not the Middle well, East. Well, th- that's those are just uh, yeah. Greek food is just Egyptian food with too much fucking yogurt on it. That's all oh, it that's is. <laughs> they they fucked up the euro. Bad. Well, and I think that uh, the but, um, but my point with bringing up the Middle Philo East. Philo is thinner than than um, they, they use they use a different kind of that. What do they call it? Pack. pack. It's Who's what, they? Um, the Egyptians. When, we use Philo dough too. Oh, it's Philo dough. Okay, my, I thought it was a little like thicker. Desserts and stuff. Because. Yeah, there's yeah. but the the, uh, the the Greeks made it a little thinner. Mm. Anyways, um, yeah. So if you like, my uh, grandma's apartment is uh, right next to a mosque, and mm. the you know how they like blare out on a megaphone prayer. They do that five times a day. That means five in the morning. Like there is a man yelling on a megaphone uh, on your on it, like every other block in the fucking city. Like, wow. Yeah. No. It's it's everywhere. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody like people either uh, get up to pray or they sleep through it because they're so used to it. Like, uh, sure. Yeah. It's like the noon thing in San Francisco mm-hmm. where they say they blare out to all of San Francisco on noon on Tuesdays. Yeah. This is a test. Yeah. This is uh, a test of the emergency great, warning system. This there's this great French comedy. Uh, the star of it, uh, he was an artist, you know, the lead guy. Uh, I forget uh, his name. But uh, he's basically, he's like an incompetent James Bond. Uh, it's like OSS Sans Decept. Um, uh, he, uh, one of the movies takes place in Cairo and somebody starts yelling the morning prayer and it's just him going up the stairs and like trying to beat the shit out of this imam because he thinks he's just a rude neighbor. Like he has no conce- concept of the culture. Uh, yeah. Nice. Um, got off track there. No, no, hey, yeah, that's yeah. what we do here on Some Call Me Tim. We talk about weird religion. So do you think that being raised Muslim made you a more moral person? Or do you feel like, I mean, how did it, do you feel that it positively or negatively impacted you? Or in what way did it make it who you are? Uh, I think that's purely um, the nurture part, not not Ooh. not the uh It was your parents. Faith. Yeah, because I know a bunch of faithful assholes. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, yeah. They're, um, I don't... I, the, the lessons my parents had to teach me were never encased in religion. It's like, it's, they, it was always like, hey, like, don't be an asshole. Sure. More than like, hey, don't be an asshole because God's watching. Right. Um, so, so it wasn't the fear of God that made you good. So actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I've never, I've never ever associated morality with religion that much. Really? Yeah, no, it's just, it's just like how you live with yourself. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, I always, I, I like, I think that's probably one of the reasons why I like failed to actually be failed. I mean, but like never got really into the religion was cause I never saw it as a, uh, like a field manual for living life or something sure. like that. Oh wow. And like now, like I listen to these podcasts and some of them are about, um, lessons in the Bible. Um, and you understand a bit more about how maybe the people who put the Bible together, we're telling these like allegories based on like th- thousands of years of human experience on what to do and what not to do in life. Like maybe adultery, like don't commit adultery isn't from, they're not really, maybe it's not really from God. Maybe it's because 
uh, nobody's had any written record for thousands of years, and like the Bible's the first one, so there's a bunch of these like greatest hits info, like on how to like I, I live also, your life. Do you see where I'm coming oh, absolutely. from? Absolutely, and I think yeah. it's a way to to, so to I think make systematic s- racism exist because of, you know how they the story oh, of Jacob and Esau. I like, actually don't. There's a couple. There's a couple stories that in the Bible, in the Old Testament, specifically talk about the creation of the Muslim, the, the Islamic religion, and there's two places. One is with Abraham, because before his wife Sarah had Isaac when she was 92, he had um, Hagar was his slave woman, mm-hmm. and he had a baby with her. And then when Sarah got pregnant with the chosen people, he sent her away to another country. Mm-hmm. He said, "Get the fuck out of here with your kid." Mm-hmm. And supposedly that's why it's an Abrahamic religion. That was the start of that, like the. The, the branching off. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like, also, there's a thing because uh, p- lovely people here in the Bay Area are so eager to be woke, they kind of uh, make some exceptions that they normally shouldn't, which is like, we're all down to clown on Christianity because there's so many obvious, horrible things in it. Yeah. Islam is fucking flawed, like any other religion. Um, I got called an Islamophobe in um, uh, by a white chick in my like uh, senior year of college. For what did you say? I'm trying to remember now, but it, it was uh, a white chick. She's the because she's the moral. Yeah, yeah, the voice no, of, but, and of also I, a lot of people think I'm Jewish. Like a lot, oh. of people, yeah, a lot of people just see the hair and see the white skin and are like, oh, this guy must be a Jew. I have like that's like fucking. I have like five minutes on anti-Semitism. Sure, there, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, which is yeah, that's the thing because I, I don't I look ambiguous like even when I'm in Egypt I don't really look like a ton of other Egyptians. Sure. Um, so I I get to experience like the whole palette. Right. People are like fucking American. Yeah. yeah. You know, I always or... say like people can't quite nail down just how to hate me. Right. So, that, so funny. Yeah. So they have yeah. to like experiment with it. So yeah, I, it was <laughs> it was some conversation. Uh, it it was I was actually commenting on how it makes me uncomfortable. Uh, for people to be always so consistently welcoming to Muslims and alienating to Christians, because it's like the one of the whole reasons Trump's president is we because we forgot the whole fucking middle of the country, um, and whether or not you uh, agree with their faith, like you're being respectful to one that they only see in the media as blowing everything up. Sure. And sure. being yeah. disrespectful yeah. to yeah. the one that is their entire like their whole city goes to church every right. or, uh, every Sunday. So I think so. I get annoyed when people are disrespectful of Christianity, uh, unless they're equally disrespectful to Islam. You know what I mean? Sure. That's or why, to, like, I like. That's why I like Ricky Gervais. He shits on all of them. Sure. Like he is. That's that's. Well, yeah. What the fuck is it? I don't. I don't understand why we're like. I don't like the Jews, or I don't like the Christian. It's like what. <sighs> I was, have we moved past this question of morality or whose morality is better than others? Or mm-hmm. like, I get it. The religious right in the middle of the United States is like, gays are bad and abortion is bad. And we're over here like family planning is good. Mm-hmm. And, but they think that they're right and they think that we're wrong. Well, it's the Louis bit. Louis got it so fucking right, which is like, uh, he's like, like, you know, pro-choice. But pro-life people literally think you're killing babies. Right. How mad yeah. can you get at people who think you're killing babies? Even if you think they're dumb, that is motivated by a good thing. Sure. Like, it, 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 it's tough. It's really fucking tough. Well, and, I mean, 
if you look at the 1900s before we had laws like children were just little workers and they had tiny <laughs> little hands and you put them in the, oh you're six we're Shut hiring the fuck we up. need to make we're hiring you have, i love your tiny little hands stick them inside this machine those little nimble fingers yeah. oh you lost a hand well you're just a kid you're fine yeah. like shake it off like i i hate how people think islam is such a violent religion jihad i hate how people think of the word jihad because jihad just means to do something good Jihad means something good? To do something good. Wow. Yeah, and there's the reason... How did we turn that into holy war? Here's how it happened. Um, There are examples the Quran gives of what jihad is. And jihad can be like helping out someone in need. Help this, help that. Or uh, defending your homeland. And then terrorist groups who who used Islam for their own purposes were like, you know what, we're entitled to all this. Uh, so really, we're just defending what's ours. So this is jihad. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 it hurts me when people associate that uh, with violence. Um, but at the same time, um, last time I was in Egypt, we were going to this uh, super ancient uh, fucking mosque and they wouldn't let my mom and sister in behind me because uh, it was only for men because um, they only had the back room for the women which is how most mosques are right. uh, it's a smaller room for just women uh, and um, they said it was because people were praying inside mosques are like churches where they let homeless people in and stuff I went in it was just a bunch of people sleeping on mats and it was like and they were just lying to, to uh, also like again um not every Muslim is like covered head to toe in like right, a hijab and hijab, a yeah. niqab and all that like burqa stuff. Um, my my mom is super religious. Uh, never wore hijab in her life. Huh? Yeah, and it's a point of debate in my family. From what I understand, um, the interpretation that people make that has led to the head scarves um, is that somewhere in the Quran it says to uh, uh, present yourself modestly but they use a specific word which is to present yourself with a veil Uh. and some people take that literally uh, and some people take that metaphorically which is like like because the word could be used in either context. Sure, absolutely. It's not exactly the same veil meaning as it is here. Right. It could be a literal piece of clothing or it could just be like you know have a barrier of decency when you're dealing with people. Absolutely. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so my my sister, who's not religious, <laughs> and then my mom, who is religious, they're not wearing hijabs. They're wearing, like, Western clothes. They don't mind if a little bit of their chest is shown, you know? Sure. Um, and I go in, and they're like, hey, whoa, 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 you guys fuck off. So, it, so it's like, yeah, um, Christianity, a uh, bunch of priests diddling kids. Islam, like, we still have a back room for women at every place of worship. Like The the, the hijab thing is interesting because I always thought it came, f- it was I could in be line wrong. with it. I thought it was in line with the Judaism thing because in Judaism, you have to cover your head from God. That's why men mm. wear yarmulkes and yeah, women yeah, will wear that. a veil. And that's why some super Orthodox Jewish women will shave their heads and wear a wig mm-hmm. because they are covering... It's that they have modesty, and it's only for their, only their husband can see their beauty, and it's. But it's also that your head is always covered because you are not worthy, and God is looking down upon you, and so you must cover your head. I wouldn't as be a supp- sign of respect to God. I was never like uh, even. I'm not. I'm like very. I'm ignorant of almost every religion, including my own. Um, 
so I, I, I bet you there could be a, a tie in there. That that's the way it was always described to me growing up, and those were all the arguments. Because I I have a lot of family who do wear uh, hijabs, and like that is a classic dinner table debate when we're there. Um, so. Uh, and yeah, and it's just like it's my parents and sister here, and the rest of them are in Egypt. Like everybody else is in Egypt, um, so there is that. Wow. Yeah. The, so we the, we have that like Western Eastern conflict too. How how often? How many times have you been to to Egypt? Probably like eighteen, nineteen times. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we we like, used to go back go like, every year. We used to go back say, every year. Every, now it's like, every like, two or three. Now it's every, like every two or three. You're years. like 25. You're very young. I'm 23. Oh, 20. I was gonna yeah. say, damn, oh, you were going as a baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like because it was like uh, uh, that we were lucky to have the means to actually go back regularly, um, and we have a, we have a place there still. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, I just. Imagine if you were raising a kid on the opposite side of the planet, you'd probably want to see your parents, your, sure. your folks every now and then. And then also they kept um, bringing us uh, there um, because like, you know, they want every kid want, needs to have a family. Right. Um, and it was like to keep us ingrained with the culture. One thing, though, I've, I, it's not that I won't ever forgive. I, I have no anger for it or anything. It's just such a, a wasted opportunity. Uh, my parents uh, ro- raised me explicitly speaking English because they were <gasps> worried. Oh. They were worried kids would make fun of my accent. Uh, okay. Yeah. So you so don't speak any Egyptian. I, uh, it's Egyptian Arabic. Um, Egyptian Arabic. Um, I understand. I, I can watch a movie. I my parents like will speak to me just in Arabic. Huh. I understand it. Cannot form a sentence to save my wow. life. Wow! And it, it's an interesting way the brain works because clearly I know all the words. You right, know absolutely. what I mean? Like sure. I, I should be able to just spit them back well, out. Well, but, but it's it's about it's oh, the yeah. way that our brains learn. And so structure. I took like, yeah. I took French for four years in same high school. Here, same here. Yeah. And I can still when when we were in Italy and in in Greece, I couldn't understand Italian, but I could watch the French Channel and I could sit there and for my boyfriend I'd be translating it I could read I could read it in French translate it in English no problem mm-hmm. but I can't and I can read French and I can read like a like a first grader like yeah, yeah. I can read anything in French yeah. and I can understand it but I can't speak it of my own volition mm-hmm. but I can read it and understand it and I can listen to it and understand it and I can translate it it makes no sense and funny thing uh, like I used to go to the equivalent of Sunday school every week for um, Islam wow um, Islam is like you know how the old English written in the Bible. Sure, it's He's in way that. fucking harder uh, in Arabic. Like um, it's uh, worse than Shakespeare like, in terms of like trying to understand <laughs> What's it. Ancient, going on? Yeah. yeah, like super formal Arabic. That's why I fucking hate um, Arabic classes in the states because they try and teach you formal Arabic and not like colloquial uh, Arabic. Sure, because. Um, the amount of differences between like just Egyptian Arabic and formal Arabic fusha, um is like. It was it was fucking useless. So I never even could really take a class to help me sure. um, get in. Like I still, it's on like my butt. Like if I die not being able to speak Arabic, I'm gonna be real sad. Um, I'm I'm gonna try and get a private tutor um, because they're really cheap. Like you Skype them and you're paying. Like you know, it's really cheap. That's cool. Um, well, honestly, anybody should. If you're looking at like if you're. The, if the language you're learning to learn is in a third world country, just find someone on Skype. That's a really good idea. Yeah, no, it's like seriously, like I'm pretty sure for five bucks an hour you can get like a good Arabic tutor. That's so great. Yeah. What's your favorite um, Egyptian food dish when food? you go back? Uh, well, this is kind of French inspired. Um, it's a uh, bechamel. Oh yeah. Have you heard, you've heard yeah, of bechamel absolutely. sauce? It's a mother well, sauce. Yeah. There's the 
it's a when I say bechamel, it's referring to a dish, not just the sauce, oh. but it, but it is made with that sauce. It's got a thick layer of that sauce that almost has the texture of like like noodle on a lasagna. Uh-huh. It's like really creamy though. And then there are a bunch of noodles with like ground beef and tomato sauce. Or if it sounds if like moussaka. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of like that. That might actually be like because sometimes you can just take out those noodles, throw an eggplant instead. Is is that moussaka? Moussaka, yeah. Moussaka has the bechamel and it has beef. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm used to like my own set of lingo for dishes. So sometimes I'll go to Arabic restaurants here. I'm like, what's this? And I was like, oh no, no, my mom makes this. Okay. Like right, I just right, didn't right. realize the name. Um. Yeah, I really like that. Uh, there's this. Uh, I don't know how it hasn't caught on. If any VCs are listening, this shit would take off. I think there's a, uh, the Egyptian fast food. It, um, besides McDonald's and Burger King or Burger King um, uh, or Pizza Hut. There's no letter P in Arabic. So oh, it's wow. Pizza Hut, it's Pepsi. Um, yeah. Uh, There's no letter P in Arabic. In Egyptian Arabic. Okay. Um, I don't know about other dialects. I know like we have a similar alphabet to Farsi and they have one, I'm pretty sure. Sure. Um, but uh, oh, yeah, so it's called Kushiri. And what kushri is, is like you'll see like almost like a, a chipotle layout for like an ingredient of each thing. But it's all like, like okay, it's like rice, uh, lentils, noodles, like fried onions, uh, a bunch of like like spices and stuff like that. And they assemble it at the speed of light in sure. front of you with like a scoop. And it's just this like, this like bowl of carby goodness oh, that nice. like you eat it at like... I heard Anthony Bourdain, I think he described it as it sits in your stomach like a sack of quarters, <laughs> which it, it doesn't mean nauseous or anything. It's just like, oh, like I'm full. I don't have to eat for like a week or something sure, like sure, that. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. Um, and I really, I really like that. Uh, also, um, there's this, like, I don't know if it's Mediterranean. I don't know if it's Egyptian. Um, I think it might just be Egyptian. Oh my God, what is it called? We have our own spin on pizza. That is incredible. Um, imagine like a really, really thick... Philo do with a fuckload more butter um, and with like uh, toppings that can either be like what you might see on a pizza except with more local stuff like you know different cured meats and stuff like that or it can be dessert uh, fatir it's called fatir um, it, it'll or you can get a dessert version which will be like covered in honey and powdered sugar uh, it, it'll fuck you up it is so good uh, I want it right now awesome yeah fatir is like a real good someone needs sweet. to make that here yeah no there's a there's a, there are untapped uh, Arabic food markets absolutely definitely. one of the things I learned about Egypt food wise is that they celebrate the pigeon. Yeah, yeah. Which is My grandma makes pigeon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the French do as well. So the French and the Egyptian. It's just small chi- personal pan chicken. Right. They're t- and they're, but that's it's just so funny because here in San Francisco, it's they're dirty. little rats with wings yeah, yeah. and we don't eat them. We're like, oh, they're gross and disgusting. And when the apocalypse comes, I'm going to eat these mission pigeons. They're fat. They have all their little feet. Like, don't eat a tenderloin pigeon. That's gross. <laughs> like, that's been, that's, it has, it has heroin in its belly. But a nice mission pigeon. You, you get high eating a pigeon from the tenderloin. Oh, yeah, I bet. It's like cocaine pigeon, but it's like eating crack pigeon. It's But if you eat a nice mission pigeon, Pigeon, they're fat. Their feathers looks good. They probably don't even have as many lice. Yeah, yeah. Pigeons are delicious. They're little squabs, and it's just funny that the Egyptians and the French have both recognized and believed that. Well, the logic for the dirty animal thing, the logic for us not eating pork is that, uh, like, your body's a temple and pigs are dirty. Mm. Um, again, this is also like secondhand from my parents' interpretation, which my parents are pretty punk rock for Egyptians, um, so it might not all be true. Um, but I know Islam got that wrong because even if they're dirty, those 
damn things are so smart. Like, right. like, like, why are we disrespecting the pig? The pig is a beautiful animal. They are, like, yeah, they're amazingly yeah. smart and little I, buddies and, I, and delicious. I ate a lot of bacon too. I ate a lot of bacon. I didn't eat bacon until I was 18 though. My first time wow. eating bacon, a bunch of uh, college kids looking at me at a diner like, oh dude, try it. And it was like burnt to a crisp. Ooh. And I was like, you like the, you fu- this is the big deal. These burnt meat crackers, you white people have been making memes about. For wow, a burnt meat crackers. Yeah, That's but cute. but then I had like well, like less destroyed bacon. I was like, sure. oh okay, oh, yeah, yeah, BLT's I got it. Killer. <laughs> uh, I had a question about. Oh, so the Jews don't eat shellfish, yeah. and I understand that because. I don't. Contextually. So shellfish are bottom feeders. Oh. A lobster is basically like a sea cockroach. Yeah, no. So it, I don't like thinking about, lo- I love lobsters, but it's like, lobsters. that's just a water spider thing. Yeah. Like, and, uh, and they eat whatever's on the bottom of the ocean. And mm-hmm. what's on the bottom of the ocean? Dead things. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's scavengers. They're carrion scavengers. There's this very famous, um, and the Chinese fucking love it. Um, one of my buddies goes to China for work and they have these restaurants where the first floor is a uh, water tank and there's things in it and they pull it out and they kill them. And so this is the kind of thing where they bring a fish and it's still like at the table, but they've deep fried its body and you're like, how is this possible? This is really cruel. Also delicious. But there's these crazy huge crabs with these enormous claws that are like 40 pound claws and they are farmed or picked up uh, in the Indian Ocean and the Chinese love them and now why? Where are they? They're at the mouth of the Ganges River. Now why would they be there? Mm -hmm. Because the fucking Hindus the Ganges River is a magical river and the best thing that you can do is bathe in it and oh, yeah. float your dead in it. Oh, and they, they, they put all their dead bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the most magical thing you can do and that's where you're supposed to take people when they die is mm-hmm. you put them in the Ganges River mm-hmm. and so what happens? They float to the bottom and then these huge... These great crabs eat them and then... The Chinese eat the crabs. So I think that the reason that the Jews don't eat the shellfish is they don't believe in eating the dead. That Somehow it's eating dead people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all health conscious. It's <laughs> all health conscious. Don't just, eat dead people. They just people. didn't have the best science back then. But, well, uh, and and because they didn't have refrigeration and shellfish and fish. If you, if, I mean, if you're sitting right there and you take a shellfish and you take it out and it's like, crack, 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 and then you boil it and kill it and eat it. Awesome. But if, if you let it sit for a day and it's dead, like it. It's like eating a muscle that isn't fresh. It's mm-hmm. like you, if you open an oyster and then don't eat it right away, it's going to taste gross. Mm-hmm. Like you have to do something where you have to cook it or eat it live. Because once it's dead, it's like... Kind of disgusting. It start, yeah. Well, it starts to like yeah. denature de- de- too fast. Like it, the protein turns into garbage. Do you know what I mean? Like it, I What's the word I'm looking for when you... Decomposition. Mm-hmm. And the decomposition affects the flavor. Mm-hmm. Whereas sometimes decomposition enhances the flavor. Like with game birds, if you kill them and then you let them hang for three days. Really? Yeah. Wow. You age, and aged beef when you like dry age your beef. I guess I have heard of that, which just seems like a mistake. Doesn't it? <laughs> it's just you get the moisture out of it and you're dry aging your beef and then it's even better. And it's like, how come that works? Mm-hmm. has a lot to do with salt and refrigeration and all that stuff, too. You want to hear the most Arab dish ever? I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this would be like if you deep fried a chicken in America by like shooting it from a shotgun into a deep fry. Like, this is how, <laughs> this is the equivalent. Like, with these, the Star Spangled Banner playing in the background. Yeah. Uh, you can get goat prepared. What they do is they clean out an oil drum uh, and they put a, a super super seasoned marinated uh goat uh in it and they 
seal the lid and they bury it in the desert for a couple days. No. Yeah. And they let and they cooks. I don't know if it's for a couple days, but it cooks in its own heat underground in the desert. Uh, and it comes out and it just it's the most succulent tender like incredible. I love goat yeah goat is delicious I love goat goat is delicious yeah. I don't know why we have the monopoly on goats for some reason I, well in the, and in, in the cultural uh, be, because um, Americans are capitalists and mm-hmm. they don't want anything that's sustainable <laughs> and how dare we have goats that could eat all of our garbage and, and oh, or, oh I had no idea goats were like a like very useful in that goats way. are amazing like um if you have you, to, you the white ladies teaching me the air about goats Look i at this. This fucking love goats <laughs> even here you can you can rent people's goats like if you need to clear out some space in oh, your wow. house and you like let's say you have you you live in santa rosa and you have all these weeds in your yard and you're like well, what am i gonna do with my big front yard you can you can hire someone's goats and they'll come and eat everything. And then you don't even have to mow anything or do anything. And then the goats eat. I have this new theory. I think because goats make great milk and they're lovely and baby goat is delicious. And anyways, and you know, I think it has to do with that. They turn them into little Satan worshiper, like goats are the devil. Oh yeah. There is a lot of like pagan association with, uh, because they have square irises. You ever watched? Oh, those do look freaky. To be and so you're like, oh my God, a square iris. Oh, They're there's so also gross. like a type of goat. I saw this type of goat that it doesn't even, like when you and I picture a goat, this is like the Mr. Hyde to the Dr. Jekyll of the goat. It's like, it, it's head looks like a thumb with a giant mouth and jaw and it looks perpetually rabid and they're way bigger than regular goats i forget what they're called they're they're tear like it is like god's mistake type of shit when you see them like it like i hope they're they're equally delicious to their oh i bet i bet there's more meat to them too um but have you ever seen the witch the witch it's a really good horror movie it's a24 the film studio um the witch is a really really good horror movie and it takes place um, uh, it's like this Quaker family that gets banished from their little colony village uh, in early, early America. Sure. Uh, well, early for us anyway. Right, right, right. It's like, <laughs> like 1655 yeah, or 1658 yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. 1725. Um, and uh, Black David is a big part of, uh, of like a presence in, in the movie. And a, a Black David is often uh, represented through like a black goat. Huh. Uh, yeah. Also, great movie <laughs> the witch yes you ever see did you see hereditary last year no i oh okay. what is it on netflix i don't i'm i'm too poor to go see movies in theaters mm. that's uh, just something i don't have i'm a rampant uh internet pirate oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly i used to work in film pr um really just as an internship uh but it was a long one um they liked me so they kept me on for a bit um which was cool uh honestly like after being in film pr uh, which is mostly jaded, jaded creatives who can't create. Um, huh. uh, I thought getting into comedy would be a bloodbath, and everybody's so fucking nice so far. Really? <laughs> yeah, well, Why? to me at least. I mean, I also think it's because I'm uh, explicitly a not-threatening presence uh, to a lot of people. Like, I think I put out, like, I think there's a safe space that follows me around, because people will just drop me with trauma bombs. Like, like I'll meet somebody, and then they're just telling me their life story. Wow! And then, and then, and then a, a lot of them will go like, "Wow, I don't know why I'm telling you all this," and it's like I've just been sitting here and nodding, like, "Okay, yeah." Maybe you uh, you have a kind face, and you are you are and. Amb- you are ambiguous in your gender, so you feel safe to people. Oh, am I ambiguous in my gender? I'm not taking that as offensive. No, I, just, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, 
I would feel when I'm in a space with you, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to assume anything I see. in any direction. I've, I've had a, I've had a, a, someone have, I was attracted to described me as metrosexual. You, you have which was a, you an unfortunate have, misunderstanding. You have curly black hair, so you could be of African descent. Except I am, you're, and you're, but your your skin tone is really light, pale. Yeah, pale. Yeah. So it's confusing. But you have, and you 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 dress really together, and you present. So it's like I wouldn't want to say. I just don't want to. I wouldn't want to assume anything, which is why safe spaces might mm-hmm. follow you about oh, no, because yeah. I don't. And you also you don't have a toxic masculinity that says like I'm a fucking dude, mm-hmm. and you don't like come out the gate with dick jokes. So I don't know that I've ever like legit. I don't know that I've ever really hit on a person, really. See, so like, that's why... Like, like, I will flirt if somebody else starts it. And like I'm, and I know when someone starts it. A lot of people don't. I know when people do. It's And it's like, I'm not going to pick up on any fucking double entendres or insert meaning where I want meaning to be. It's like, all right, you want to talk, we can talk. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, But I, I've never, like... It's always so confused me. How are bars great places to meet people? I, I think they are. Are they really? Some say, well, some... meet people like me and you hang out, sure. But like, I don't know. I've I've never had. Uh, again, also like everybody like people card me before I even get a drink because they're sure I'm like a kid trying to get one over on them. Sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I, I probably am not like the but guy. But you're at the only bar. 23. I mean, yeah. come on. It's good. It's good that you look like. Some people say. Some people say raise the bar. Some people say lower the bar. I have Pharrell syndrome, I think. What's you know, Pharrell syndrome? He looks forever young. Pharrell, yeah. I, forever so this is, young This Pharrell. is going to pay off in like 10 years. Oh, absolutely. Well, black <laughs> oh, don't t- crack. Black don't crack, but you're not even really black. Yeah, so no, you've I have got a whole like bit the- about how like, um, I'm trying to work it in. I haven't put it in yet, but I've had three separate homeless people after I give them money tell me to stay black. Wow. <laughs> and, and they always look at me like they know my secret or something like that. And it's like... Sure, dude. Um, I've also been to two separate white castles where somebody, a black person, very confused and intensely uh, asked me if I was mixed. Uh, wow. Yeah. So I throw. But so I get. I get the anti-Semitism. I uh, kids used to call me the N-word all the time in high school. Um, really? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I have a new bit about that. What about? I mean, what would you come back? Because I was like, the only African American at my high school. Well, what? What's a slur for Egyptian people? What would we call that? Oh, pyramid uh, builders. Well, uh, well, that just seems like we'd have a great work ethic. Right. Exactly. <laughs> pyramid uh, builders. But uh, unfortunately, I have to say some very bad words right now. What? What is uh, an Egyptian it's slur? It's just modified black slurs. So dune coon. Oh uh, wow! Never heard that before. I, uh, I tried. Wow! That yeah. is. Wow. Honestly, delightful rhyme scheme. A delightful rhyme scheme. <laughs> also, also the term coon has changed over time mm-hmm. in that it used to be any black person was a coon, but now I've heard from my African-American buddy that a coon is actually a person who negates, it, like they have a mask on, they, they're black, but they pretend they're not black. Mm-hmm. Almost like an uncle, almost like a derivative of Uncle Tom. I see, I see. Oh, is is well, what I've been told is the new coon term. So the, if you're a dune coon, wow. The main one though, that, that's the fun one. The main one is sand nigger. Oh. Uh, and I, I just thought that was Arabs in general. <laughs> uh, also, uh, uh, stripping a house for copper wire is called Arabbing. What? Uh, I learned that from The Wire. I didn't even learn that from like life. I learned that from uh, like watching The Wire. It's called really? Arabbing. Um, because they know the value of copper? I, I, I think we're associated with scavenging. Um, but uh, the thing is, so I, I started, huh. I only really started do- taking comedy really seriously. Well, I always took it seriously, but I never 
could get over the hump where I was doing it on a regular basis until like late, very late last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like the first time I did stand up, I was 17. Wow. I, I did it a couple times in high school. I did it a couple times in college. And I used to have a bit about how I got invited to a Facebook hate group called I Hate Sand Niggers. <laughs> and uh, the main uh, tape. The whole joke was that my main takeaway wasn't the hatred or anything like that. It was that the profile picture of the group was a Tuscan Raider from Star Wars. Oh, <laughs> and the I just Tuscan Raiders. Yeah, and I just thought, which by the way, Star Wars is super racist, FYI. Oh, of course it is. The- and Game of Thrones, that Dothraki shit, like mm, I don't know, that seems like fantasy Arab to me. Okay, uh, and it's a like bit we're, the horse we're fucking each other and decapitating each other in uh, at weddings. Scimitars. I think it's like this mold between Arabs and Mongolians. Sure. Yeah, that they. Did, which maybe it's not maybe that's just creative i don't know <laughs> like I'm, I'm not in a rush i used to be uh, i am still social justice oriented i do not consider social justice warrior a bad thing to be um but some people are motivated by the wrong things uh i went to a cushy uh liberal arts school where'd uh, you go where'd- well so first i went to, first i went to missouri uh, oh University my God. of Missouri for the journalism school because I did journalism since I was like in the eighth grade. Where is that in St. Louis? No, no, it's in Columbia, which is equidistant between St. Louis and Kansas City. Okay. okay. Um, and it's this literal. It's like if Austin was lame. Oh, oh okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a little liberal bastion. Yeah, because it's, it's a college town. The, it's a, it's, it's a, a massive college. Sure. It's like thirty thousand students, including sure. post grad or whatever. It's like there's a Bible Belt, but this is like the pierced yeah, nipple yeah, of the yeah. Bible Belt. Like it has a Pride Festival. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. But uh, the whole problem with that was that uh, every journalist that would come and speak to us would just be like, oh, yeah, best job in the world, hardest job in the world. Also, you'll never get a job. And it was like and it was like I got into journalism because I loved movies and music and I loved writing reviews for my school paper and stuff like that. Um, But people don't really care about a 22 year old's opinions on movies. They'd rather hear at least a 22 year old who went to film school or just a director who's good at writing articles that doesn't make movies anymore. You know what I mean? Like they're looking for a voice that can also write, not somebody who's just trained in that. And everybody was like, oh, you should just speak Arabic and cover wars. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, right. Uh, So um, eventually it was just like, okay, well, I can spin journalism into PR and PR is a reliable job. And it's. I think it'd be better to be in San Francisco, like where my family is. And like, so you left the Bay Area to go to Missouri, mm-hmm. and everybody was very confused why I did that when I because right, I'm sure well, it was more like expensive the, than a state school as well. I mean, it, it, it was still way fucking cheaper than uh, a lot of schools. Huh. But, um, but um, the the three best journalism schools, as far as I understand, are like North uh, undergrad are like uh, Northwestern, Syracuse, and University of Missouri, Columbia. Wow, um, it's the oh. first ever journalism school. Wow, uh, in this in the country. Uh, wow, not the world. I don't think uh, it would be weird if it was the world. Um, but uh, so I transferred back here. So and then I went and this. Did you go to I SFSU or did no, you? No, I went to USF. Which embarrasses oh, me. Why? Because uh, I have no respect for my fucking alma mater. Or for, for I mean, it's a Catholic school. It's a Jesuit. Jesuit. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Is there? Yeah. I didn't know there was a yeah. difference between. I don't know that Jesuits there is. I'm Catholics. just telling you what I know. That could yeah, be the yeah. same thing. I don't know shit about. So you went to a all private the sects school. of Christianity. Uh, I. I have no nothing about right. like, Jesuits, Lutherans, Presbyterians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I know, like Catholic has uh, bad PR, so like I understand. Catholicism, I understand sure. Catholicism and, and guilt and some of the differences there, but all the other ones just blend into a pile for me. Sure. Um, oh, except that they think that they're right and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we it's all think strange. we're right. Um, 
So I, I went to USF, and what I observed, frankly, as and I say this as a person of color, a person who was bullied after 9-11, a, a person yeah. who deals with racism that doesn't even belong to them. Sure. Um, there were a lot of kids of color my age from similarly p- privileged backgrounds that were trying to use social justice issues for their own like social capital. And it was fucking disturbing. Oh. It was fucking disturbing. Because it's like, I understand as like, all right, say like a Persian woman of color, I understand that you deal with a lot of shit as, I, I as a man can't understand, and it's probably magnified uh, by you being a person of color. I also know that you're going to your mom's cabin uh, in Lake Tahoe sure. like this weekend. Yeah. So can you cool it on the whole year of victim thing? I don't know if you know where the US, uh, the USF campus is. Yes, we're yes. discussing this at I got we're discussing this at the highest floor of the classroom on like the tallest peak in San Francisco. It's a beautiful it's campus. The, it's the one percent of the one percent of the one percent and we're still acting like we're victims here like something's really fucked up wow. um um sure I, yeah I, I i i get so mad at people who think who are like ashamed to be americans um uh like i, I don't I'm, I'm relatively ashamed right now to be an american yeah I, I think that there's a i think that we're really fucking up right now with the immigration i feel like there are so many ways that if we were truly following our constitution and we the people the first three letters actually made a representative uh, democracy if we understood what democracy was things could be better exercised i feel like we the people with life liberty and the pursuit of happiness which is in our fucking constitution could do a much better job providing for people i feel like going we to absolutely U- align USF, on all this oh yeah uh, absolutely but me and you can talk about this on the street and nobody's going to kill us. Right. Oh, good point. Yes. Yes. That's my point. I see. My, okay. my, yeah, my, yes, 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 yes. I'm yes. American and I'm Egyptian. I know which one I'm picking if I have sure. to stay there. Right. Um, and I think they're even like because so much is going wrong right now. Uh, I think people uh, need to uh, remember that they're still uh, pretty fucking lucky. We, we could um, get killed in China for having, we could be disappeared in China I or put in do, a prison camp PR for having for, something like this. I used to do PR for um, this tech agent, this tech PR agency. And we had a lot of different clients and some of them were like, you know, uh, people just trying to make some like office app, something that's going to make workers lives easier. It's like a little, you know, to try and make some money. Slack. Uh, or some people those, yeah. were companies like, uh, like facial recognition. Ah, for China. Yeah, well, so it wasn't for China, Chinese it was for here. Look the same. But 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 <laughs> but I because I had to keep a close eye on biometrics uh, for pitching my client to journalists right. uh, and I had to actually pay attention a lot. Do you know the extent of the biometric program in China? No, I, I, just, uh, I just heard that they yeah, have it. If you now, if you cross, uh, if you jaywalk, uh, the camera from the street, like this isn't everywhere, but this is being rolled out. The um, streetlight camera will take a photo of you, display it for everybody on the intersection to see, and then it'll uh, impact your social credit score. <gasps> like that Black Mirror fucking thing. Yep. 100%. And your your social credit score is tied to stuff like... like um, your ability to get like loans. Like your actual credit score yeah, uh-huh. or, or your criminal record. Wow. And they're using facial recognition to keep track of the uh, Uyghur population. Big Brother is watching. Yeah, no, there are like, there are Muslim detainment camps in China right now. What? Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we have a big dumb clown that's embarrassing us in office and we have uh, children in cages yes. Uh, yes. on the Mexican border. Sure. Um the rest of the world is doing really bad too. Like really bad. Like we're just used to hearing like a nice, like 
a nice little common sense story like uh, New Zealand banning guns or like immediately. Yeah, New right. Zealand also has to deal with f- fucking 20 people. Like, <laughs> like they <laughs> don't true. like the. We're we're right. still I th- I think America is like the prototype of the of the future of civilization. Like I think <sighs> we're so all just scary. gonna be mixed as shit. And I think the prototype has a lot of bugs. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. Like, but I'd still rather be here. So. Well, and free free speech is pretty amazing. And until mm-hmm. they start clamping down on free speech, that's when I'll that's when I'll really freak out. But then it's what can I say? If they close down free speech, I'll be like, I can't say anything. They're gonna mm-hmm. come kill me. Yeah. That's why I think. Um, I think like Facebook and Instagram and like any social media platform that passes a certain point of power should be regulated like airwaves, like radio or like, um, because I got out of Facebook for eight years. I got back into stand up comedy. You can't survive without Facebook. Well, you'll never get booked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't no. know where the shows so are. So I yeah. had to reinstall this creepy app that keeps track of all my fucking, um, uh, data uh, just so I can uh, pursue the occupation that I want to. Um, so, what, what do you need fancy data scrubbing for? No, 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 no. Uh, the Facebook Messenger app is really creepy. It, oh, it, I hate fa- I hate Messenger. Yeah, yeah. And then but, they make you use it. They yeah, force mm-hmm. you. And they just made me update it today. And now I don't understand the update. I couldn't even figure it, out how to make a message. It updates on its own. Like it's. So I had like, no idea. Today I was trying to make a message on my pad. I had no idea because I had to update it. And I'm like, why? Why do we have to update? Why wasn't it good enough before? Why do we have to keep changing? Who's Who needs a job so badly that we have to have all these fucking updates? Why? Everything mm-hmm. worked fine. My Hotmail worked fine. My Hotmail's been working fine since 1997. People like to and iterate. And now I have to yeah. have this new thing. It makes people, me crazy. The reason why people iterate on shit they don't need to iterate iterate on is because they need to justify their paycheck. Right. Um, like, my parents were, have worked in tech. Like, the whole reason I'm here is because, like, um, my uh, dad started a, a software company in Egypt that had the first ever uh, African business partnership with Apple, actually. Wow. Uh, and then he went on vacation, and his uh, secondhand man... Uh, did a hostile takeover <gasps> while he was gone. Uh, but my mom landed a job with Apples, which is what brought us over here. Sure. Um, so they've been in tech forever, and they are, they are so anguished uh, by how much garbage there is now. Yeah. Uh, because, like, when, like, when Steve Jobs died, they, like, mourned. They actually, like, sure. mourned. Like, uh, because, A, like, he's the reason why we're here. Right. Um, but also because he a- had a common sense Oh, uh, and like if he could see what his products have beca- had become, sure. like so, what is this fucking pen we're selling? Like, like if he just saw all this, and it's just like, oh no, these are a bunch of people who want to keep working at Apple and need to justify their existence by improving on perfect products. And sure. when you improve on a perfect product, you just ruin it. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Make I it, hate make Apple it, products now. Make it I big, hate. make it small, turn it into a watch. Now you have to make it bigger. Now it's tiny. I, you got to have the iPhone 10 and you got to have the this and then that. And the I have contact. a Samsung Galaxy and I chose it because I wanted a, a good camera because I you know, want to get good clips. I wanted a lot of storage space. I wanted a good processor, yada, yada, yada. I have Trump hands. I can't fit this fucking phone in my hand. If I would buy a human-sized phone if I could, this is stupid. Like yeah. this is. I have a dumb phone still, yeah. so mine is tiny. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Mine doesn't connect to the internet because my life isn't interesting enough for me to constantly be in in social media. I mm-hmm. mean, there's just it doesn't. I don't. Also, I like like I my social media of choice. Uh, am I running longer? No, you're fine. Okay. Um, my social media of choice, um, and I didn't even realize it was social media forever. Was Reddit. It is Reddit. I've been using Reddit for like a decade. Reddit is really um, beautiful for... Like discourse. Right. And for if you feel depressed and sad, 
and you write that in Reddit, people will actually be supportive. It's oh, like yeah. it's a it, it's a really interesting community. And it's anonymous. That's what people always thought. Like so, PlayStation for a long time thought like maybe we should attach real names to all our users no. so they won't feel like they can just call someone the N word when playing Call of Duty. Ah, uh, or whatever. sure. Um, that's but, like a 13-year-old in, yeah, in Taiwan yeah, is yeah. doing that, by the way. <laughs> but what you see on Twitter is a bunch of real names attached to accounts, and then the ego comes in super hard. Sure, sure. And that's why I think people are scumbags online. On Reddit, everybody's anonymous and weirdly honest. Yeah. Um, and for me, the reason I never got into social media, and I'm only getting into it now for the sake of... Comedy, yeah. Uh, yeah, for the sake of comedy... Um, oh, man, I just blanked. Uh, why are you involved in Reddit? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Anytime I tried using Facebook or Instagram before, it was like, this is boring. This is what you want to do with your free time. Yeah. Look at pictures of food and trips and shit like that. Right. I would rather be on Reddit seeing like some dude trying to kick flip between buildings or like uh, some dude eating a st- stupid spicy chip or like some like I know you see a lot of that on social media or or like people like if you have a hobby and there's a subreddit for that hobby, it's inc- incredible. Like, if you're a sports fan and you go to the sports subreddit, it's a bunch of people your age talking about it. So there are memes and there's like, call, sure. uh, and it's like a great, it's like, it's fantastic. But like social media is just normal. I used it the other day because uh, I've lost my sense of smell and taste. Mm-hmm. And I used it for research, A, to find out what the fuck is going on. And then I learned there are tons of people this has happened to. And they were talking about how they're, exactly, how they've yeah. been dealing with their life since they've lost and that the the empathy and the sympathy out there is really nil like even from doctors people are like oh you can't smell or taste anymore you're fine and it's like no it's 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 to be like i mean it's not like being blind and well it is because it's a sense it's a sense that you have and it's gone and so i i found a lot of like solace in reddit because People were talking about your problem a hundred times. Yes. And they were, and I was like, Oh my God, this is something that other people are dealing with. I felt like the best web MD. I've looked at symptoms and straight up cured shit with Reddit. Sure. (laughs) And, uh, if, uh, like I've like, I like, I, I like video games a lot. So like I built my computer, um, and can you build an app for Mutiny Radio so people can listen on their Oh, phones? no, 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 no. Uh, building a computer is like fancy Lego. Oh. And, and then writing an app is like an actual skill. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you just have to know what the good Legos are. And then you buy them and you put them together and it's not that hard. Oh. Um, but like so I, my, my computer would turn on, but the operating system wouldn't boot or something. It was some problem like that. And I took a picture of it and I put it on Reddit and somebody was like, oh, looks like your motherboard battery has some dust under it. Try clearing that out. And, and then it, was, and it just worked immediately. And That's it was like, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was you just, just get a little... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was working immediately. It was some. It was something that small. I can't remember exactly. Wow. Yeah. And thank you, Reddit. Yeah. yeah. Well, the problem with Facebook and Instagram is that they are the personified idealization of everyone's perfect life. I have seen the girl posing by the pool for like 20 minutes trying to get the right photo. Oh yeah. It's like you are a sad person. Right. And they've got the selfie stick and they're trying to do it and they've got to get their chin at the right angle and honey, I know, did you watch that Tyra YouTube? You're fine. Just, Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
It's but who hurt you? Like who, what's going yeah, on? Show us on the doll where they touched you. Why? What's, <laughs> why is your self esteem so low? Mm-hmm. There's there's one girl on. It's, it works. So those tricks work. Like in the short time I've been using Instagram, like I'll open it without thinking, and then I see a bunch of comics that I think are way funnier than me doing like these big venues or something like that, and then I feel worse about myself. I know, and it's it was terrible. all because I opened this fucking app, and yeah. and right before I opened the app, I was happy with how I was doing. Absolutely. Like yeah. the thing that makes me crazy is when other comedians have stuff up that means that someone took the time to either take a picture of them or to film them yeah and that or they me, ask somebody to yeah. or they ask someone mm-hmm. to so like it is still the personification of your idealized self mm-hmm. because i don't know i Insta- i i'm i need to go to therapy because instagram is is worse than facebook and i have to do it for the station and so i just like i put a thing out today for you with the little picture mm. and i put it on the instagram did the tag oh i just don't understand it yeah does it make a difference is anybody like are what are we doing anyways are we all just screaming into the void because we don't want to die like why why do all of these social like maybe Back in the day, we used to use religion as a way to connect with people and to feel like we were good enough and there was no reason to kill ourselves. And now it's, it's like Facebook your, and Instagram. Your spot in the hierarchy. I think mm. it's just a way to constantly do that. Like, if, if I think back in the 50s and you're like some oppressed stay at home mom, it's like, I'm going to make the best fucking dish at the dinner party. And right. I'm going to this fucking dinner party. I am going to make the best yeah, noodle yeah, kugel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think it's. My the, jello mold is amazing. Yeah. And when Bethany sees this fucking jello mold, she's going to die. Like, right. But, yeah, you know, sure. Yeah. But then why? Why do we constantly feel the need to compare ourselves to others and is that is is the is religion trying to make us not compare ourselves to others or is it giving us a rubric to compare ourselves to others like because religion's like do these set of rules and laws and things and if you do them then you're good enough you're a good person you're good enough you're gonna live forever everything's gonna be okay just is there is there everlasting life in um islam Mm -hmm. there is is there's a heaven yeah there's a heaven. Mm-hmm. Is there a hell too? Yeah. So it's the same type of deal. There's a heaven and a hell. So it is about. Do you guys infinity. have the same devil backstory? Yeah, we've got um, we've got that uh, Lucifer was an angel and yeah. he was buddies with God, uh-huh. and then he was like, "Hey God, what the fuck? Like, can when, I get a little credit here?" Yeah. And then God was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Yeah, yeah. And that, sent him down and said, "You have dominion over the earth." It's fine. yeah. I, for my vague memories of um, my equivalent of Sunday school, um, it was something like God created man, and then the devil, who was an angel, was like. Like God wanted everybody to bow down to His creation, not to war, like just to bow down, like out of respect. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and the devil's like, I'm not bowing down to this thing, and yeah. then that's why he sent him to hell. So it sounds like uh, pretty similar backstories. To answer your question about why people do that, I think people take a religious attitude uh, with media um, and like their idols and stuff like that. Mm. So I think like if you idolize. I know the easy, lazy example is Kim Kardashian, but it's like, <laughs> if you idolize Kim Kardashian, you're probably going to try and make your Instagram look as much as Kim Kardashian as you can. Well, the problem with Kim Kardashian is that she has no talent. She is strictly a 
person. She's smart as has, fuck and a good businessman. Yes. A woman. See, yes. Uh, yeah. uh, okay, so absolutely. She was able to leverage her parents, her father's fame, which mm-hmm. was tertiary to OJ. Mm-hmm. She was able to leverage that into being a superstar who doesn't sing, who doesn't dance, who doesn't isn't particularly that good looking without makeup and a bunch of special stylists and all these things. She doesn't, she isn't a humanitarian. She hasn't adopted a bunch of children. How has she improved or added to any sort of realistic art or entertainment? She hasn't. She's a personage. Mm-hmm. But she, like, I mean, you could probably call her, like, a leader on, like, the social, like, social media is one of the She's most important. She's an influencer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a new but thing. I know. I worked in PR. That, that, I, all my, I worked in video game PR. All I did was deal with influencers. Wow. And uh, what makes them an influencer? Uh, Jesus was an influencer. Muhammad was an influencer. Kimmy in fucking Missouri should not be an. In, you know what I mean? Like yeah, but it's like so. So it's this thing called like parasocial relationships, where it's like um, you spend so much time, like uh, like all right, like I've watched thousands of like. I know he's associated with a certain group of people now, but I've watched like thousands of hours of the Joe Rogan podcast, mm. and because I've spent so much time watching Joe Rogan. Um, I feel like I'm friends with him, but he doesn't know I exist. Right. Um, and that's a parasocial relationship. Oh, okay, 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 yeah. okay, and, okay. And the thing is, is it turns out, like, so, like, everybody... Like, I feel like I know Stephen King, because I've, I've right. read everything that Stephen King's yeah, ever yeah, written. Yeah, yeah, So, I feel like, I feel like, but that's also I felt literary. like that with Louis C.K. Mm. Yeah, like, I watched all of his, all the show, all the shows he produced, let alone sure. wrote, like, and star in. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And like, projects and Pootie all that. Tang, really um, yeah, yeah. underestimated movie. yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, <laughs> It's a really great. Um, Everybody go out and watch Booty Tang, written and directed by Louis C.K. <laughs> and um, yeah, so people always thought you had to be Hollywood, be in like a flashy, glamoury um, show. But then YouTube and social media showed that people just like spending time with people they like. Uh, um, so for video games, the way that happens is you're familiar with Twitch, I'm sure. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, you watch a Twitch stream of a game you really like, and then you find the Twitch streamer who's really good at playing that game. But then you also find the really good game player that you also happen to like, and then all of a sudden you've watched him for four hours and you don't know why you have. Right. Um, and that's just like you could same, with, same with Kimmy doing makeup tutorials sure, in the sure. in the middle of Missouri. Right. Um, same with the disgusting mommy and daddy vloggers I had to deal with when I was doing PR for Pokemon. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, there is some, and it's like you're seeing these view counts and it's like, wow, 20 million subscribers and you make box, you're a kid that makes box forts in your rich parents' front yard. That's a real person I had to deal with. Wow. And that YouTube ad revenue, which by the way, might be child labor uh, and nobody talks <laughs> about so it. That's so funny. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, I know that kid's like making 80 grand a month. Like, like that's insane to me. Yeah. And we can't at mutiny radio. We can't, we can't <laughs> barely I'm like, how do we, how do we get up? It's a, it's, it's um, a, that's wacky. I really resent one of the things I really resented in journalism school was always hearing like this, like similar backstory of like, Oh, how'd you get the job? Well, I walked right in and told the manager I was right for it. And it's just like, it's so much fun. Like, everybody's like, oh, you guys have so many tools. I wish it was this easy when I was a kid. And sure, there's some stuff like like you can, like Andrew Schultz, you know, the, the comic. Uh, uh, he n- couldn't get a Netflix special, and he, like, beat the model because he would, like, 
film his sing like a single joke like really well like professionally shot and he would put it out like a band puts out a single and then way more people would watch his youtube channel than people would watch a netflix special sure um and i had a point and it was gonna tie this it was gonna be so good what was i talking you about? were talking about resenting 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 what resenting oh. the people that are that people are watching or that that become something because of, i don't know I'm, i got lost ah uh. Well, if Jesus had a YouTube, <laughs> if Jesus had a YouTube, how many views would he have? Like that's the thing. If the Jesus that is presented in the Bible had a YouTube, no one would be watching it because no one wanted to listen to that guy. Well, would people know he's Jesus? I mean, that's a good question. If people knew he was Jesus, he would he would be big. He would be very big. If he came back and was like, "I'm Jesus." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He'd get good numbers on he'd Twitch. Get, he'd get good yeah, numbers yeah. on Twitch. Yeah. God. So how did you work? You're 23 and you've done all of these crazy jobs. What are you, what are you doing now for money? Uh, so basically, I got fired right before Christmas on some shady shit. Oh. And um, it wasn't entirely shady. Basically, uh, I think they were. You can say it's because you're black. It's okay. no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I was the only. I'm kidding. I was the I'm only. Kidding, I'm not, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Basically, basically, uh, I was one of the entry-level employees they treated like, uh, just like a data entry monkey, and I was the only one who seemed to voice any displeasure at oh. all uh, with some of the shit I had to do versus some of the shit I was promised, because I left a good job right. uh, to get that one. Sure. Um, and I think they were like, oh, this kid's like Rocking complaining and not a pushover. Right, um, and he like he fucked up a deadline or two on his first five months on the job, uh, a year out of college. Which I would have thought, if you were really looking to nurture a career, you might give a little leeway, especially considering sure. those two missed deadlines cost your office twenty minutes of work. Sure, yeah, like, um, whatever. Right, yeah. So basically, I I saved up uh, relative to my tax bracket uh, a lot of money for me, um, which is not a lot of money. <laughs> And um, I have a bizarrely good uh, deal on my rent for the city. That's great. So I bought myself a little comedy vacation. Good for you. Yes. Sure. Uh, and I'm going to have to re-enter the workforce pretty soon. But I'm also like stretching it out by like freelancing and PR and stuff. Um, and I, I, I will have to get the I will have to get back to the nine to five. Um, but when I got fired, like I I. I suspected they were gonna let me go soon because uh, of some warning signs, and I was like, you know, like right now I've been blaming my job for being the reason I never do stand up comedy. If mm. I get fired and I still do don't do stand up comedy, I've really that, failed myself. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I basically got fired and then showed up to Mutiny Radio like two weeks oh, or that's later. Great. Yeah, yeah. I'll trade you a podcast for PR work. I don't even know how to do PR at all. Uh, I have my, no my PR idea. was my PR was uh, pretty niche. Um, so it wasn't. I I. I the only entertainment PR I did was video games, which is its own little media mm. uh, atmosphere. It's like its own little planet. Um, and I did it for tech stuff. Um, so uh, a lot of people confuse PR with marketing. Like Right. Uh, I, I, that's the thing is I thought they were the same Basically, my thing. job was like, all right, you've got a product. Tell me about the product. Okay, I guess this product solves X, Y, and Z. I'm going to go look for journalists who cover X, Y, and Z and tell them why they should be interested in your product. Oh. Like, like yeah. Um, so... Um, so, for example, Mutiny Radio, the product would be free speech. Mm -hmm. So then we would be trying to find vendors. Well, honestly, like, that, I mean, have you ever contacted a local publication? Well, I send out PRs all the time to uh -huh. all different news things, but just about shows that are here. Oh, yeah. Well, As opposed to the entire... You, I mean, you have a cool story. Sell the story instead. 
sell the story of yeah, Mutiny Radio like, instead. Like, I mean, small you, you, woman you business got, owner. You you bought this from someone else, right? I I I. I, I've had this up the, secondhand explained to me by people who don't really know shit. So. Right. I, I've been here since 2008 uh-huh. when it was Pirate Cat. It became Mutiny Radio. It was a collective, but then they were going to dump it. And I said, nah, I'll, I'll make sure it happens. And then I kept it going. And then I didn't want to be on the business license because I didn't want to have to pay the taxes and put my money into all this. And then finally everyone was like, we don't want a business. No one. And I said, somebody please take the business license. Cause I hadn't paid taxes for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Cause I was just sort of, I came out of grad school and I just didn't, you know, I, yeah. I didn't have, I haven't entered the workforce and blah, blah, blah. I didn't want it. I didn't want to put my name. So they, people were like, well, it either falls apart or you own the business. Mm-hmm. So I went and put my name on the business license. So I pretty much like inherited a thing that wasn't a thing that I made a thing that now is a thing mm-hmm. but I mean, it's a small business in the mission and it's owned by a woman so that's got to be a story if you can write a pretty email about that story you'll get coverage wow yeah like um, Tony Sparks got covered in like the Chronicle or something uh, not the Chronicle I think it was something a little lower key but it, but it's it, the whole thing was like, hey, this dude ran an open mic for like fucking twenty years, eighteen years, yeah, yeah, and had big names come on and yeah. like a- Ali Wong started yeah. oh, at the yeah, Brainwash, yeah, yeah. yeah, and like Al w- Magical, I think W. Kamu Bell started oh, really? there, and um, uh, even smaller than that, Sammy Obeyed. Have you seen anybody big come through here? Big come through here. Uh, Phase on Love came early on. Yeah, Phase oh, yeah. on Love came and did a set during uh-huh. Pamtastics. We had George. Um, the Parliament Funkadelic George Clinton. No, I no, saw them yeah. once. Um, he came. He was here. That's he awesome. Interviewed. Like so, if you tell that story, about I interviewed Paul Mooney. You saved a, a local business, a local small business that fosters art uh, uh, in like financially perilous circumstances. Kept on it, have have held on it for a decade. Hold lots of events, festivals, and have a radio studio in it. People would eat that shit up. Like, yeah. yeah, like, so if you if you write a pretty uh, digestible email, and here's the, the, the secret about PR. You go to a website, you find an email address, email that email address. Someone's going to read it eventually. Oh. Um, people go through their emails. Um, that's how, like, I have um, an open mic starting um, first Saturday of May at Manny's. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, I just did the PR pitch, and I was like, hey, um... There's a ton of really good comics in the city, but a bunch of mics have been shutting down. So a bunch of people are looking for stage time, and they're especially looking for stage time during this little gap of availability you have. Um, and the way an open mic would work is like, say, I give them a four-minute set, plus two with like a beverage or uh, food or something like that, um, and any donations or whatever like that. Uh, and like I knew they were like local art and social justice oriented, so I knew it was like. Where is that located, Manny? Uh, God. Where's so, Delirium at? It's across it's on, the street from Delirium. Oh, it is interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's on 16th and Albion. Yeah, it's a block down from that. Okay. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, um, the, it's a test pilot. I don't know if the it's last be Saturday of the month, the first. First, Saturday? May fourth, Saturday, May fourth, seven thirty to nine thirty p.m. Awesome. Um, which is a bad time slot for a lot of comics that get booked, but probably a pretty good time slot. For it's the a great ones that don't time, get sl- time slot for those who don't get booked. And, and it's a you're, you're filling. Yeah, and you're. I mean, because we used to have one eight to ten, and that was needed, and now it's going to be now it's four to six, and yours is seven. Mission still. This is great. So, Walking distance. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, it's great. You filled a, you filled a void in the open mic scene. That's if great. They, hopefully, I I don't think they're gonna let it be weekly because they book that venue a lot. But I'm hope I'm hoping it's gonna be like twice a month. I'm hoping it's gonna be weekly, but I'm hoping it's gonna. Well, be- what you should pitch is once a month. It's 
um, Hard to build a room like that. Well, once a month is a showcase, and yeah. once a month is an open. I room. offered them a showcase because their venue is just more suited. It's like a big open space, and I've been told that big open spaces are bad for mics. Um, but I've also been at a lot of bad mics, so it sounds like we're not trying to be picky right now. And right. I'm very lucky for them to have said yes. Um, That's exciting. Yeah, you can parlay it into being. You can if you I know. offered them a showcase is my point, and right. they're like, we have people run showcases here. We we like the idea of an open mic. Good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Until it starts happening, and they're like, yeah. ah, these comedians, oh, yeah, they don't yeah, yeah, buy yeah. anything. Oh. They're just sitting I, here drinking I've, water. I've had a. There are there are some comics that are gonna make me fucking nervous when they because it's a social justice oriented space. Ah. So and from the look of the Facebook event. Uh, it looks like like I have a lot of comedians who say they're going to come. Um, it looks like they have their own little network of people that who are saying they're going to come. I don't know that they will. Interesting. So there is a good chance a lot of offendable people will be in the crowd. But I honestly like I've not encountered a lot of offensive comedy um, since I've started this. Some of it has been, but it's like I've never seen somebody on stage trying to hurt anybody. So I'm not worried. Um, yeah, and I'm also a baby. So right, but if they and if they do. Then you put the kibosh on it because you're the host. I like how TK says he like I saw TK uh, at Edinburgh give a disclaimer like, hey, if somebody says something that is mean or offends you or something like that, don't boo them, don't heckle them, just don't laugh, and then I'll talk to them afterwards. And I think I'm just gonna like fucking steal that because that sounds like the right way to deal with it. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or I mean, no, no hate speech. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. stay away from but, it. But like, I mean, I have tough? like I have bits that that'll touch on suicide or yeah, homophobia sure. or course. racism and stuff like that. I have ten minutes on abortion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I talk about cat masturbation. Mm-hmm. I punch down. Punching down is fun. Sure. <laughs> no, no, not, not like, like no, no. I mean, yeah. I, I punch up. I like. Uh, no, no, punching up is good. I I think you can punch down and be funny if you're clever. Um, I think a lot of pe- most people who punch down though are not clever, which is why uh, it's bad. But it's like that, you know, like that. Sam Kinison bit that everybody points to with the um, like the refugee hunger crisis and how he could solve it by just not feeding people and, they just and forcing them no and then forcing them to move oh. and part of it is him explaining to them really condescendingly that n- nothing green is going to grow in sand like, <laughs> and it's on paper it says hateful and closed minded but you see him do it and it's just it's brilliant yeah. so like I, th- I think you can get away with it if you're smart and you have something to say but um I don't know how we got on this topic. Oh, yeah. I'm worried for people who are trying to approach that territory, uh, maybe ruffling some feathers at my first ever mic. Uh, that, sure. That's all I'm a little worried. But I, I think it's going to go smoothly. The people who say they're coming are all very fucking funny people. Um, I think it's going to be a good time. Yay. Yeah. That's the uh, May 4th, next Saturday at Manny's on 16th Street. Yes. That's Thank awesome. You. Well, do you have anything else about religion before we wrap it up on Some Call Me Tim? Uh... Well, oh, so my dad once told, my dad, who's not religious, told me his idea of God, and it makes me think he might have tripped acid at one point, um, which is, my dad's like really, not straight edge, because he's trying to be straight edge, it's just like drugs are not his thing. It's right. just, yeah. Um, he thinks that we're all God, like we're all parts of God, um, sp- like spread out, and that love brings us closer together and hate pushes us far apart and our whole purpose in life is to get closer together Aww. yes and Thanks, Dad. I, I would leave it on that note yeah, yeah come together yeah, yeah, yeah. right now <laughs> okay yeah. this was fun thank you so much Marv Chucky for being here and explaining 
we got lay Islam today. That was good. <laughs> yeah, it was like man. the layman's yeah, Islam. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sweet. And Sparkle Jesus says, I was not white. Yeah. I'm like like Islam for dummies if half of it was torn out and dumped on the street. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that's what it's we got perfect for San Francisco. Yeah. Okay. Right, right, everybody, uh, come go, go, go say hi to a comedian near you and be nice to them. Uh, de- yeah, definitely poor comics. We're just a, a rowdy, a rowdy, sad bunch. Uh, donate to Mutiny Radio. Thanks for listening to some call me Tim again, Murad Shaki. You can find him on Facebook. He's there now. What? <laughs> yeah. Or on Instagram. Also, there aren't a lot of other Murads that you'll mix me up with. So right. Just if you even vaguely get my name spelling right, just get the right, H and the D together, yeah. and yeah. you're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, and that's the part that trips everybody. Yeah, up. They're like, how do you Murhad? <laughs> okay. Uh, and he's he's really funny. Uh, he was on an episode of um, Pamtastics three weeks ago mm-hmm. and killed it. Um, and really really fun stuff. So go to Manny's on the fourth. Check out that open mic. And uh, where else can people see you besides that? Before we say goodbye, do you have any upcoming showcases? Uh, actually, like all my like, I only started getting booked recently, and all my shows just happened. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I got to do. Uh, del- I got to co-host Delirium on Monday with uh, Kelly Evans. I did Piano Fight. Uh, I, I did a, uh, a cool 420 show that Steven Asifo ran, uh, and it looks like he's going to get that room starting in the summer. And it's a, it, it was amazing. I saw pictures. It was amazing. Um, and what else? What else? Uh, I think that's it. I did Upstanding less with uh, the, I hosted Jennifer Levendusky was very nice. Oh, right on. Gracious. That's um on Mondays at Evolved SF. I think right. mine was on a Thursday, oh, but okay. whatever. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Sweet. Thanks so much, Rod Shockey. Everybody, thanks for listening to some Call Me Tim. It's Mutiny Radio. SF. We'll be back. Follow us on Mutiny Radio SF on Instagram and. Uh, Hey, think about God and shit, and we'll talk to you next week, uh, another guest every week, talking about all kinds of stuff, but we always end up being, end up with comedy, don't we? Uh, Thanks again for listening, donate, and we'll see you, this, this Friday is actually a really exciting Pantastics Comedy Clubhouse, because it's not comedy, it's called Snake Church, we're going to be doing some satanic rituals in here, uh, live on air. With um, a new art project by Jenner Davis. No, but he should. He should. My my buddy Jenner um, is an amazing artist, and she's going to have the the art. She's going to have the space for the next month, and we're going to kick it off with Snake Church this Friday from eight to ten. But uh, hey, thanks for listening to Mutiny Radio. Bye.
sure you ain't been tailed, man?
through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship 
as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento honestly is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good special happy hour prices all night long with your mutiny radio comedy festival ticket march 1st through 5th check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com come take a seat i had a date there and it did not go well but it wasn't the fault of the place they're very nice asiento For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Yeah. 
Welcome. Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, punk rock and schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento honestly is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good special happy hour prices all night long with your mutiny radio comedy festival ticket march 1st through 5th check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com come take a seat i had a date there and it did not go well but it wasn't the fault of the place they're very nice asiento For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. 
Counteroffer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van Ness. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counteroffer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Welcome. Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips, don't. (laughs) know anything about it sorry all on my limited view yes every tuesday from 12 to 2 uh oh you can if you can also find us on apple Podcasts. oh yeah and google play and stitcher itunes oh you already said that tune in radio uh stitcher you said that spotify oh my god there's just so many and overcast um yes you can also find us on social media m as in mary l as in larry p as in peter podcast mov podcast is our handle Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your view. Yes. Bye. Bye. That kind of sucked balls. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. 
And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for me five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Mutiny Radio listener, it's that time of year again. March 1st through 5th, it's time for the 4th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. 